Hey, listen, I, I got some beer and I might try a little bit during the show just to, you know, sort of get ready for the next week. Um, if well, you don't mind, Mr. Oh, well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, this is the lamest thing. You, you, you do this right before the show, you say? Yeah, but it's dry January. It's alcohol-free beer. I, I, I'm sorry I forgot to mention it earlier, but here we're on the oh. green room. I thought that would be okay if I could see it now. Okay. Well, I just All right. It's, okay. it's fine. If it's I, fine. It, is it alcohol-free? What's that? Alcohol-free? Of course, of course. I wouldn't drink regular beer uh, unless yeah, I got done a, it twice. In, Unless I got permission. Oh, oh that's okay. okay. Well, that's listen, true. we got a we, we got All a right. show to do. Come on, let's get All it right. on. All right. Well, yeah. All right. Ready when you are. <clears throat> okay. Hey, it's the Bro Show. You guys arrived just in time. My brother hey. and I. Yeah, my brother and I are gonna are hosting the Bro Show this Saturday, like we do all the time. My name is Jerry. My name is John. Okay. Now you say, how do we tell you guys apart? You sound the same. Well, we are brothers, actual brothers. We grew up together. Well, we haven't grown up yet, but we're working on it. Yep. And yeah, we talk about four things every Saturday. And one of those things is an animal. And the animal mm-hmm. is based on the season. And we are yep. in the 12th season, the season of the what, John? Meerkat. That is correct, the meerkat. What an animal. That, I mean, truly. Cute little critter. Oh, his curse and his blessing, I might add. We'll get into that. Secondly, we have a word that we ran across in doing our research. And thirdly, we have a main topic. We call it two takes, since John and I rarely see things the same. Not that we disagree, but we usually complement each other. Just through a different lens. Yeah, with a minimum of antagonism. <laughs> right, John? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and last but not least, we have groaners. These Ooh, are good. bad yes. jokes. Dad Gr- jokes. Oh, boy. Bad dad jokes. All right. That's it. That's hey, what hey. we do. Yeah, that's what we do. All right, dude. Hey, you wearing so, anything? Got anything on? About the I belt? am. It's cold. It's a little cold here, so I'm wearing yeah. layers. Okay. I got layers. a long sleeve T-shirt. T- and under that, I have, wait for it, I have a Meerkat t-shirt. Oh, my gosh. That's right. You yeah. just got yours. I right just got mine this week. Last week. Yeah. 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 Very exciting. Oh, boy. Yeah. I've got the uh, <coughs> Season of the Meerkat t-shirt. Now, just point of fact, we we have a lot of t-shirts now yeah, in the, sure the Bro Show uh, Merchandise Mart. <laughs> yeah we have six different t-shirts john yep i've already i was just so pleased with those shirts that i actually went and well, i got one on its way and hopefully i'll be wearing it next week can do you want to say a little bit of what it's you have you're getting meerkats at bat these are meerkats, meerkats at bat yeah i got a baseball uh, one meerkat. of them i believe is a chicago white Sox. oh yeah, yeah. pinstripes and he's got a c on his hat Mm. Yeah. All Just the, a quick quick shout out. Quick shout out. A lot of our artwork uh, this week in, that we used on the t-shirts and that we're using today's show came from Midjourney AI. It's a bot that you can access through Discus. And you just describe the art you want and it generates it. And it's pretty fantastic. I think you'll it's agree. Impressive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree with that. 
All right. So oh, anyway, boy. this t-shirt I'm wearing. What about you? What t-shirt are you wearing? I am wearing the whale shirt. I uh, I put it oh. on. I put it on about uh, Thursday or Friday, and I said I'm just gonna run with this one. It's Good. it's one of my favorites. I, I it's one I think gets as much attention as any uh, when you wear it, mm. and it's comfortable. So yeah, it's got a big big whale on it. Very yeah. impressive. Those were the days. Well, that is another whale. A juvenile, that's a juvenile whale, by the way. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's cool. Yeah, it's it's a chick magnet is what you're telling us. Okay, good. It does work. Yeah, okay, that's good to hear. Hey, uh, we have a sponsor, don't we? We do have a sponsor. Our sponsor is the Animal Legal Defense Defense Fund. It's a non-for-profit organization that's been in existence for over 40 years, and their mission is to protect the lives and advance the interest of animals through the legal system. Now, those could be either, you know, they could be wild animals, they could be livestock, they could be domesticated, they could be pets. Just non-human is the key, non-human animals. And they accomplish this mission by filing uh, lawsuits to protect the animals, providing free legal advice and training, and they support the tough animal protection legislation that's out there and make sure that the legislation's out there to keep animals from getting harmed, and they provide resources and opportunities to law students. In fact, that's one thing I just quickly want to mention before we talk about swag, and that is just I could go every week. I could give you another little benefit this organization wow. does. This okay. week I'm going to All talk right. about they have over a 100 student chapters. And what these chapters do is they uh, basically provide a um, – they can provide scholarships to uh, law students who want to pursue animal law. They can also provide, you know, resources as it relates to doing special projects. And so it's 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 just very very impressive that what you do is you get these get these lawyers, you know, when they're they're very young and get them impressionable and you get them started on the right track so that rather than uh, chasing cars, they chase uh, they chase animals. I think I like it. So, hey, oh. they've also got some swag, too. Well, they you know, do. Wonderful. So, they t-shirts, do. et cetera. So, it's very impressive. Oh, In fact, last week I wore mine. Wow. Yeah. Mm. You know, and not last week's show, but right at the show, I got I got my T-shirt from uh, Legal Defense Fund. And, by the way, their T-shirt maker is the same as our T-shirt maker, Bonfire. Bonfire. And, yeah. Yeah. And all the proceeds from the sale of our T-shirts go to the Animal Legal Defense Fund. So, so take yeah, your pick. That, you can get our T-shirt, yeah, or you can get yeah. the American Legal Defense Fund. Both ways, it's going to go to the Defense Fund. And uh, you've got links, I think, probably to all that good stuff. I right? do, I do. It's all in the show notes. I'll just give everybody one verbally in case you're not looking at the show notes. If you want to check out some of this stuff, go to merch m e r c h dot bro dot show. Just type that into your browser, and you will get an eyeful. And I recommend you do that, even if you're not intending to buy a T-shirt. Just take a look at them. Uh, I want want you to see some of the artwork and some of the beautiful T-shirts they have. They have some really good stuff. Now, you got yourself a long-sleeve T-shirt, didn't you? I got a long-sleeve black. Uh, Looking Mm. forward to it. The baseball meerkat cats. uh, Yeah. A couple of them strutting their stuff with their bats, and it's uh, going to be good. It looks like Murderer's Row right there. Yeah clubs it could be the new york yankee meerkats 
It could be the New York Yankees Meerkats, but they're the Chicago White Sox Meerkats, as a matter of fact. Yeah, they got pinstripes. That's all it comes. Yeah, they, it's pretty. It's pretty cool stuff. And uh, yeah, we the uh, we also have mugs, coffee mugs. I forgot to mention that. Oh yeah, of yeah. course. They got some very cool looking coffee mugs in there too. Just go in, have a look around, and while you're in there, you know, in Bonfire, you can also just look up the Animal Legal Defense Fund. ALDF should get you there. Uh, they have their stuff in there too, and. I don't want to put any shade on those guys. They have some great swag too, but you know, we're right up there with them, John. We're not hurting. Looking good. That's for sure. That's what it's all about. Okay. You ready for a meerkat story? I think we got a good meerkat story. I mean, you can run with this. I'll just mention to start out with that. uh, We did all the meerkat one-on-one stuff last week and we learned a a fair amount about them. But uh, one of the more interesting things about them is that they spend a fair amount of their time underground for sleeping, for protection, for raising their, their young. So, and, but the intricacy with which they, uh, they pull, uh, do this tunneling is very fascinating and it's been studied, mm. but maybe not enough, but, but we'll just have to, maybe you can give us a little bit of the details as to what these critters are up to. Well, I've got a link in the show notes to a study, uh, a pretty serious study that was done on uh, their burrowing and their systems and, and a bunch of other stuff. And if you're scientifically minded in particular, you might want to read that. And even if you're not, there's a decent abstract. It's a little thick reading, but it's still it's still good stuff. But uh, in the process of choosing this animal and doing all the research and the background and all that stuff, I kept running into one thing over and over, and I thought this would make a good story, and that was the meerkat housing system and all the different things they used it for. And as John mentioned, they spend a fair amount of, uh, of time underground. And part of that is a function of the climate uh, yep, where they live in the, in the desert. In the Kalahari, for instance, very, very hot in some times of the year and very cold at night. So yep. uh, these little guys, you know, they they stay underground where the temperature is very well regulated. And they have two peculiar things, which we mentioned in Meerkat 101. They can regulate their body temperature. They can yeah. uh they can crank it up, they can crank it down. And cranking it down lowers, lowers their metabolism. This does two things, keeps them cool and lowers their need for food. They have to, that's the way they, they it's called thermal regulation. They do that because meerkats have zero body fat. Wow. People know that. They have zero body fat. You know, they're like a very well-tuned <sighs> athlete. But the downside of that is they have no reserves. If the food mm. supply gets challenged through drought and other things, they uh, they don't hibernate exactly, but they do snooze a lot and they lower their body temperature. It's it's how they stay alive during the bad times. So that is a period of time which they spend a lot of time on the ground. Also, predators. Uh, yes. They, as you Protection. know, have sent, they have sentries posted at all right. times during the day. So it, it, there's a they have a, a, their own language and it's been deciphered by scientists and they have a call that indicates if there's a terrestrial threat or one in the air. And if it's in the air in particular, they will hit the burrows, the tunnels. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things in tunnel design. Uh, The entrances, many of the entrances are angled so you can enter it at a very high speed. Uh, Some of them go straight down, but a lot of them are slanted and they know which ones are which. And uh, if there's a threat uh, in the air, they will start angling themselves toward those entrances. So it's very, very complex. They have five, up to five levels 
up to 10 feet deep on these Ooh. burrows, John. And you can have up to 100 or over 100 uh, entrances and exits for these burrows. Last little factoid I'll give you that you'll love. I think you'll like this one, John. They, they have cooperative arrangements with other animals. Ooh, you can use their burrows, but you have to pay rent. B&B, I like it. Yeah, yeah. If you're a burrowing owl, for instance, <clears throat> you'll be expected to give up a couple, one or two eggs in exchange. Got it, yeah. Your, your, yeah, that kind of bartering. stuff. And I like bartering, good. Goes both ways, too. If you're an animal that's a little vulnerable, well, you have the benefit of the sentry system that the, uh, the sentinels that the uh, meerkats have. You have safety, you have housing, you have protection from heat and cold. So it's a good arrangement for them. And it never ceases to amaze me how social and how cooperative these fine little animals are. That's it. I also wanted to mention a good job there. I, uh, a lot of good stuff. I wanted to mention that they, mm, they also, when it comes to raising their kids, the newborn, probably what? They spend a fair amount of time in the, in the burrow before they even come out, right? That's correct. That's correct. Like like uh, bears do the same thing, you know. Yep, they're, they're, they could stay in there a good bit. Yeah, yep. it's true. I they think, do. Yeah, Meerkat school down there, I'm sure somewhere. And they have <laughs> yeah, the latrine. They even have a latrine system underground. Wow, pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's not weird. A lot of animals have that, by the way, burrowing animals. Hey, uh, you mentioned this mm-hmm. hot, very hot, very cold. Mm. Uh, reminds me of something that's happening right now called climate change. And I'm Ooh. just wondering, maybe what we need to do is we need to study a little bit more carefully some of these uh, methods they use for being underground. Because maybe in the future for humans, this could become a thing we have to consider. Most just people, something to where think you're going? about. I'm going with uh, climate change, too hot, too cold, mole people, yes. And that's H.G. Wells. That's 100% well, right out of his book, Time Machine. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, John, you're getting a little dark on us here, bud. I'm surprised. Well, I, I just think we, it, it's, I, I'm sorry. I just couldn't resist. I like those No, critters, I, I think you it's had real. A, yeah, I know. I think it's real. I, it's, not, it's not real, but there doesn't hurt for us to learn a little bit. What the heck? We don't have to spend yeah, a lot of time over down to, there. Yeah, go on over to Mastodon, hashtag uh, meerkat furries. And you'll see, you know, people are thinking, people are thinking about mutating No, don't go there. I'm not going to go to a, a meerkat no, furry no, convention. No, I am not really? going to do that. Keep telling yourself that because I can see you going. I can see you doing it. Oh, well. Oh, well, yeah. The truth hurts. Or, or, hey, hey, we got a word, don't we? We have a word. The word is... Archive as opposed to library. Know the difference. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The and that you got your definition down there. The main difference between the archive and the library is the type of content they house. Archives are usually can contain records, unique and rare, public types of historic materials. While libraries have stuff that's open to the public in terms of reading and other types of of, of studying materials. I'll tell you what. When I was at Illinois Library Association. The things that uh, uh, libraries keep can be anywhere from cooking utensils, like cookie tins or cookie uh, configurations. You, you want to make a Super Bowl football? Well, just go down your library and rent the, 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 the thing in order to make the cookie. I mean, it's it, libraries wow. have a lot of good stuff. 
and uh, whatever you know it's, it's the needs are for a, a uh, an area whether it be a rural area urban area it could be different etc so yeah uh like that um, keep in mind though even though archives could could be your personal records like uh every year i keep my financial records i keep them in order i have record retention i, I go from classification to declassification I have permanent stuff like you know, my records would be i keep my passport i keep my birth certificate uh you know stuff like that uh, you're very organized to, condo papers uh you know title to an automobile if i had one uh yeah all so you can be personal but mm. it can also be, you know, National Archives, which is the one that we're going to segue into in just a bit. So, you, you know, got I a, think you got I an think, example there. Yeah, Go I ahead. think the biggest difference between a library and an archive is uh, libraries have literary fiction. Archives That's do true. not. That's true. Good it, point. At least intentionally. Good, good point. They don't intentionally yeah. have it. But, you know, but, some of some of the presidents uh, indulge in, in uh, intentional fiction. So. Yeah, that might end up in the archives, but there shouldn't be any. There shouldn't be any fiction in the archives. That's it. That's all I got, John. Okay, it's all good. So, all right. Hey, so archives. Here's, a, here's our key. big topic. Big topic. Let's have it, John. Our topic this week is going to be National Archives and Records Management. And mm. what what brought this up is the fact that. You know, when the uh, whole thing with respect to classified records being uh, being found in places they're not supposed to be by both President Biden and also Trump, it brought up uh, the National Archives got into the, the discussion when it came to the records for Trump. They were the good guys because they they let everybody know they blew the whistle on the fact that uh, they had holes in their in their records in terms of the stuff that had been that they had received from the White House. And so that was uh, a, a big deal. When it came to Biden, the question was, well, how come how come the National Archives didn't tell us about it? So this is what yeah. stirred our interest. And it's, we decided to take a look and see what exactly the National Archives is all about. And what we found is something far, far beyond just records management as, as it relates to records, executive branch records or presidential uh, office records. So the National Archives is a an organization that's responsible for keeping the public record of America's America's public record, U.S. history. Yeah. yeah. And they're an independent federal agency of the U.S. government within the executive branch. So what they what they but their main thing they like to do is they like to keep most of these records are open to the public, and so they want to make sure that this is a, available. Uh, public participation can strengthen, you know, uh, the idea of democracy is everybody has, has an opportunity to to learn. And so they have to have public access to a lot of high value items, such as the Declaration of Independence, the original Constitution, mm. et cetera. So mm. they not only give you public access to records, but they're also responsible for maintaining the records. So there's not only good retrieval, but to make sure that information that is open to the public is not private or is not classified. Right. So they formed in 1934, headquarters in Washington, D.C., but they are also responsible for the 15 presidential libraries, museums. And they also have a, a National Archive Museum. In fact, if, the next time I go to D.C., I'm going to I'm going to go two places. I'm going to go to the ballpark and I'm going to go to the National Archives Museum. I just can't wait. Whoa. It's, it's got to be Whoa. exciting. Ooh. And 
And they've got research facilities, 15 of them all across the country, because the idea is they want to keep stuff open so you can see it. Uh, hey, this is not what mm. you call small potatoes. Uh, they employ no. 2,900 people. They got a budget of over 400 million. And they're the record, the, the laws, they have certain laws and rules they have to go by in terms of federal legislation. Uh, they've got what's called the archivist. He's the, the political appointee of the president. And this has been open since 1934, and there have been only 10 of them. So once you get that position, you're more than likely to hang in there. It isn't like a political position where it changes when the, the party changes. So that's good. Uh, records. They got, they got paper documents, microwaves, still pictures, motion pictures, all kinds of electronic media. Uh, mm. You know, they got just a, but, but what they're doing, of course, is they're going to try to get as much as they can done in terms of electronic records. They've got artifacts. And so as of uh, 2012, we're talking 10 billion data records and almost a million, 922,000 digital copies. So wow. that's what we've got here. Now, the key, which everybody's kind of honing in on right now is the classified record part of this. And yeah. NARA, that's, that's the acronym for National Archive and Records Administration, uh, stores classified records, which could be top secret, secret, confidential, restricted, and they are subject to declassification. It's sort of like, you know, over a passage of time, these things are then going to be available to the public. So right. uh, they, they, the other thing is that when you get records from the president, only a certain small percentage of those are going to be stuff that you want to keep because they have historical uh, significance. So that's another thing that needs to be considered. Um, mm. You know, the whole idea of the declassification process is is so complicated that they've actually got a national declassification center, which does sort of an audit function. They also uh, monitor the process. They uh, assess quality measures to make sure everything's being done correctly. They train people to learn how to declassify, et cetera. So, again, educational, you know, you say, well, gee, how am I going to get started with this? They can. They have webinars, et cetera, where you can learn how to actually access records. And by the way, this is not our first time, uh, foray into this this archives. Because remember, way back, oh, wow. a couple about a year ago, what we did is we looked at census records. Oh, that's right, we did, didn't and we? That is, yeah, we sure did. So there's a lot of educational things you can do, but it, it's a big thing for genealogists with respect to census, with respect to just historians who want to. You know, go yeah. through and get the best information. So, well, they they work with ancestry. They work with ancestry.com, I believe. They work yes. with private organizations. Yeah. They what happens is there are some. Uh, you can get a package whereby you get two or three of these search engines like ancestry.com, etc. Uh, you know, find a grave, all that good stuff. And I, my my niece has a package where it's all put together. So you put a word in and you're just getting all the different places within that you can actually access stuff. It's kind of cool. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, 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 it's a delight for somebody who really wants to dig deep, but that leads us to the main thing we wanted to talk yeah. about. And that is the president's uh, you know, what, what happened with respect to the president, keep in mind, we, we don't necessarily know all the stuff because this is, it's a sensitive area when it comes to classified records. But what, what we do know is that the uh, that records produced in the president's office, they are responsible for keeping track of them in a very specific way, a very specific classification system, which I would imagine knowing a little bit about numerical control and accounting that they've got to have some sort of number control and the type of record, et cetera. 
So yeah. within the presidential's term, he's responsible, his staff, and there's over 4,000 are responsible for, you know, classifying the records. And what they have to do is that they then have to, at the end of the term, they have to account for them and they have to then send them to the National Archives for review uh, of accounting and storage. And uh, what will happen then is that uh, based upon either instructions that are provided, you know, when you when you have a record uh, like your record retention, you, you, you'll say, well, listen, at this point it's open or this time we're going to destroy it. Some notification, you know, some instruction what to do with the record. And so that's all part of it. I think a good example of a record that the president might have would be the, the daily presidential briefing, which poses another issue. Ah. Because you see, he's getting classified information for all from a variety of agencies, which just points out the fact that that document can't be declassified. Maybe the information in it could, but not the document in itself. So these are just some of the examples of the nuances and the complexities that you might run into as you try to do this. So where does that leave us right now with respect to yeah. the, uh, the president as we're looking at both Trump and Biden? Well, Trump's situation is that the 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 uh, NARA was able to, you know, blow the whistle on him and say, hey, we didn't get all the documents. I think the problem is going to be here is it's also does not only does he have documents, but he has a very, very bad temper and he would destroy classified uh, records. Yeah. yeah he he's would a nightmare tear them up for and throw them down the toilet. Yeah, he did. So he did. I think their job is is mission impossible if we're going to try to figure out exactly what happened there. The Biden situation is a little bit different because NARA has actually come out and said, we have the records. We have the Obama records, which is the ones that are being contested. And so either there was some problem with respect to the classification system. You know, maybe they they, they created a classified document, but didn't put it in the, the record control. Or we could have a copy problem. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe it's a copy of a document. But it kind of was interesting to. It'll be interesting to see how this all unfolds, but that gives you a little bit of the background as to uh, what's going on there in the National Archives. So, no. you know what it looks like? They haven't had a, a change in their funding or personnel since when? It's been a long time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. I think 2011 or something like that. That's so correct. They, with all the stuff that you read, their, go to the wiki that we've linked here and look at their their charter, what they have to do. And I just first blanch, they don't have enough people. They don't have enough budget to do what they're yeah. chartered to do. I wow. think. Wow. Yeah. Plus, doing, yeah. That's, that's why I think that's part of the reason we ran into this thing of Vice, Vice President Biden yeah. is that, you know, they got mixed up with their classification, declassification. He ended up with documents. And of course, he was the one who found them, his lawyers, and they sent right. them over immediately. So, yeah, whatever. Okay. You know, to give an example of some of the things that you say, well, what are these guys? They're just all interested in history, things that have happened. But they're also involved in the process with the Electoral College and keeping that, that record keeping. And also one that's a little bit longer that's very important, and that is the amendments to the Constitution. So really? Amendments take, and that is, yeah. So they're the ones who keep track of the record. Now, that's something that takes a while. There's There's been 27 amendments, but there's six sitting out there right now. That are trying to be that need to be ratified by, and you have to have an uh, amendment to become part of the Constitution has to be ratified by three fourths of the of the states. And this is a this is not going to happen overnight. It takes yeah, a while. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, they organize that. 
I had no idea. Yeah. Good, good job. Good job, John. Hey, time for some groaners, I think. Groaners. Uh, yes, our groaners are provided to us. Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., commonly referred to as the coach. The coach. And I got two to deliver. So here we go. First one. Why don't avid readers have any spare time? Why don't avid readers have any spare time? I don't know, John. They're booked. Oh, that's bad. That's so bad. Okay, I got a meerkat groaner. I got a meerkat groaner for you. Are you ready? What? What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. I, I, go ahead. What kind of sweaters do meerkats wear? What kind of sweaters? What kind of wool? <laughs> not gonna... merino, is it? It's not merino wool. It's oh. worsted. Uh, nice and no. soft, gentle. Oh, yeah. The, okay, the one was in that movie. Yeah, the Ed Wood Cashmere. Movie. Oh, that is so good, John. <laughs> Where did you find that? Uh, I kind of wordsmith something I saw when I did the did a Google search for uh, meerkat puns. Really? Yeah. Well, I, color me impressed. Good job. Okay. Okay. Out of here.